I'm Tara Oldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. And here we go. We're rolling. Welcome back to the Smart Woman Show. We have Olivia Jars, and this is going to be a switch because, Olivia, we've been talking, uh, and Olivia's podcast is called Career Overhauling. So if you're a career woman, if you're climbing a corporate ladder, or maybe you're at the top of the corporate ladder and, like, you want more, this is your girl. There's not a lot of people out there like you, Olivia, and, I mean, she's doing CNN. She's big time. So, if you're really looking to up level in your career, this is who you get to talk to. And I'm so honored to have you on the show because Olivia, we've really been just speaking to the entrepreneurial woman. Mm-hmm. And so, and not that career women are entrepreneurial. I just feel like they've really, you know, they've niched out their purpose in an organization. And that's a beautiful thing. And I really want to get you to highlight um, the difference between being a career woman and being entrepreneurial or the similarities, as well as like, debunking some of the um, push to be entrepreneurial, to go out on your own and why it's okay to stay where you're at. Yeah, perfect. Um, Tara, first thing, I love talking to you. You're such high energy and so positive and so high spirited. I I just want to put it out there. I really just love talking to you. That is so nice. Thank you. I received that. Well, the difference between entrepreneurs and high, high powered, if you will, and big earning leaders in my world is really very limited difference. You need the same kind of techniques and skills for basically both of them. So oftentimes, and and I'm just going to give you a little bit of a background here. So what we do at Salary Coaching for Women is essentially help women land their dream careers, negotiate those big salaries or small salaries, um, depending on where they are on the career ladder. But essentially, what it comes down to is really mastering the art of persuasion. Mm. When you're negotiating a salary, you need to understand where your audience is coming from. So what does your boss, for example, or the board of directors, whoever you're negotiating with, what are their needs? Because if you can tackle their needs and influence their story, you can literally get whatever you want. And this is how I've landed women their jobs at Google or half million dollar raises by teaching them the craft of influencing behavior and persuasion, which in our world at Salary Coaching, we call them persuaders. The, the, the ah, who've become masters of persuasion. I love that. Now, on the entrepreneurial side, if you're trying to sell your product, your service, whatever you, you're coaching, whatever it is, you also have to become a master of persuasion because you need to understand your audience's needs and what they Okay. Want. So what does it mean to like be a master persuader? Because I'm going through this right now in um, a leadership program that I've been taking, a training to be like, just like a kick butt. My dad told me not to swear on these interviews anymore. So... 
hi, dad, kick butt. <laughs> but entrepreneurial woman, career-driven woman, right? Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm on this mission, this personal mission to be a phenomenal leader, not just in like my groups, my masterminds, my life, but like in my heart too, right? Mm -hmm. So like what I'm hearing you say is like, persuasion is kind of like style flexing, like with people's personalities, like knowing what to go in, what you're coming into. And then like believing that you believe. Because this is actually so good because Ed Milet touched on this in, in the very first interview of the series, which has already gone out. But, but then he's like, he's like, you, in, because here, okay, thank you for talking about this because sometimes as women, we can get whiny with our ass, right? We're like, but I should be making the same amount as him. Oh, right? how, there. how annoying. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's go there. I'm so glad this is coming up because women, okay, and hear me softly. I'm speaking softly. It's not bad. It's not good. It's neutral. But we get to stand in our power. Okay, we get to stand in our power. And that's what I know Olivia is going to touch on right now. Standing in your power when you walk in the room to ask for what you deserve. And see, here's, it's, you're, you're mentioning such important things is first, the four, one of the biggest mistakes that women make mm -hmm. when walking into a negotiation is that we go in thinking that we have, we, our rationale, like the reason why we deserve this is based on emotions because mm -hmm. I because he is earning this amount. So when I go in there and I negotiate and I lean in and I say like, boss, you deserve to give me, you need to give me this because he is earning more. Understand that that does not serve your boss in any way. It might get you a pity raise, but the reality is that is an emotional rationale. That is a non-logical bottom line impacting rationale. If you can craft an argument that really says, hey boss, this is what you hired me to do. This is what I'm actually doing right now. And there's a significant increase in responsibility and ultimately the impact that I'm having on the bottom line, that completely changes the conversation. So that's one thing where you change, your argument should never be emotionally based mm -hmm. because that does not impact the bottom line and that's not gonna maximize your negotiation results. But then the other thing that you're touching on is like you said, walking into your power. Now, one thing that women, and this is why it's persuade her, it's not just persuasion people. Women don't realize that society has trained us to do something really, really wrong and that we accept that training and actually follow through with it. So oh, tell me, I when, you, know. when you think of a good negotiator, you're probably conjuring up, if I ask you to conjure up an image of a good negotiator, you're probably going to think of someone who's direct, uncompromising, mm. a, a go-getter, someone who will stop at nothing for what they want. Yeah. And if I really ask you to, to kind of envision who that person is, you're probably going to envision a guy or a very masculine fem female. Because society has really told us that a good negotiator has all of these very masculine traits. And we don't realize that because of our social conditioning, when we see a female ask, act assertively, direct, uncompromisingly, and just like this kind of go-getter image that we have in our head, 
it comes across not as assertive. It comes across as aggressive. Uh, <clears throat> because while we are making changes to head in the direction of equality, if you will, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I know. And it, there's a false sense of that. There really is. Yeah. But that, here's the thing. Women don't realize that there's a really good reason why that red flag flares up whenever we feel very disinclined to go negotiate. You know, when have you ever felt that pit in your stomach where you're like, oh, I have to go ask for money or ask for that raise and you really don't want to? Mm. Like when you have that gut feeling, it's very well placed because those traits that we just talked about don't come naturally to you. But what women don't realize is that we have a toolkit within ourselves that is able to get us 10 times the results that men can get when negotiating. Oh my gosh. I got to know. Okay. What's in the toolkit? Because this is also so good for the entrepreneurial woman too, Olivia, because for the, you know, whoever's watching money's involved in whatever career company business empire you're building. Right. So it, it, and we were talking about this before the show started this exchange in money. That's so important. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the toolkit and what is in our toolkit, because here's what I'm learning about myself. I have everything that I need inside of me to be the highest version of me. Amen. That is so true. So okay. that's exactly it. And, and this is at salary coaching, literally what we embody every single day. And this is one of the reasons you'll see me all over the media is because I'm not trying to do things the way that society right. has dictated that you have to do things in order to achieve more. Like literally the way the toolkit that we're talking about that women excel at doing things is by being supportive, um, kind of more empathetic, nurturing. And all of those traits that we associate with motherly are actually incredible business tools. Mm -hmm. And in, in the negotiation world, and this is something that not often people realize, the best negotiator in the world, and this is like every, ask any expert negotiator and they will tell you who the best negotiator is. Do you want to take a stab at it? Your kids? <laughs> well, yeah, My the kids are really good negotiators, but yeah. And I mean, it's, def it's definitely me. I mean, in my relationship anyways, because Ed, my let said is, is that it's, you know, in his first interview, because we talked about this when the woman versus man, the husband, and he said, you know, my wife always wins. And it's not because she's convincing me to believe her. It's because she's just more certain about her belief. Like she's just, she can just stand more firm in her belief of what she believes than I can. Yeah. There's definitely, there's, there's that belief that women are really good at getting things for others in particular, like for family, our family members, our spouses, friends and everything. But when it comes down to like the core essence of a negotiator, women always have the winning tools. We are just not using them because society has define a good negotiator as something that looks as someone who's assertive and direct and uncompromising. Mm -hmm. But if instead you can be nurturing, empathetic, supportive, and relationship building, the kind of results you get are astronomical. And this is how we literally help women, whether they're negotiating contracts or 
trying to get better deals for their businesses or negotiating salaries. But back to that, the top negotiator in the world is Oprah Winfrey. Oh my gosh. Of course. She can get whatever she wants. Of course. Out of anyone on the planet. Like any famous star that walks on her stage, she can get them to cry their heart out, divulge deepest secrets. And that's really it. Like you don't associate Oprah as a No. Good- you just like, get, like she's just this loving, powerful, amazing woman. Right. And talk about stepping into her power. Mm-hmm. Like that is the impersonation of an incredible persuader. It's funny that you're bringing up Oprah because the only other time Oprah was brought up on the show was with Ed Milet's interview. So there's like a whole, your, your interview is very aligned with Ed Milet's. So it's, it's interesting that you just brought up Oprah. So, okay. So let's go to the toolkit. What would be in Oprah's toolkit that we would also have in our toolkit. So let's think about it. She is incredibly understanding. And she's even said her, her, herself, like, well, actually, let me even rewind a little bit. If, do you know much of Oprah's story? Like her? Yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's a really, really sad, traumatic up, upbringing. But then it turns super powerful. Right. So she was born to a 13-year-old mom. She was she was abused by family members, raised by her grandmother. It was just, she did not come from a really good background. And she didn't really even have a great education. But what she did have were these tools that we all, as women, already have. Mm-hmm. And one of those really important tools is being able to, to understand the needs of somebody else and where they're coming from. So have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? I have not. So this guy, Maslow, Abraham Maslow, in the 1940s created this pyramid, which in psychology is known as the hierarchy of needs. And at the base, essentially you have to satisfy like your very basic survival needs so you have i don't know safety and security you have cold hot hunger all those basic needs but Mm -hmm. as you move up the pyramid you kind of become a little bit more enlightening enlightened so then you move up and you have the need for love and for social acceptance and for fulfilling your drive and then the further up you go you get to this level where what you want is to transcend. If you're a good persuader, what you do is you understand where the person you're talking to is with regards to their needs. And what you want to do is figure out how you can serve those needs. And this is something that, again, is absolutely there when it comes to women. Okay, so this is what I'm hearing you saying, and it's really, you know, it's it's ringing loud and clear to me because I'm I'm hearing these things in my own leadership um, trans transformation, maybe not transcendence, but transformation is that we get to meet people where they're at. Okay. So let's paint a picture here. You walk into the room, excuse me, you walk into the room, there's your boss. And is he likely that controlling aggressive person? Is that, is that standard for that? I have not climbed a corporate ladder. (laughs) I have been around organizations and being involved in organizations as a contractor where men are typically controlling, aggressive, assertive, um, cut to the chase, don't talk too much, don't cry. I get it. 
but like, so, so how do we meet that person where he's at? So what I would say is essentially we always tell women to prepare for that kind of situation. Like okay. prepare, for, prepare for the worst, even though it might not materialize that way. But what, if you do face that situation, what you need to understand is that what this person is acting out isn't necessarily their needs. They might be saying, no, I'm not going to give you this money, but it's not because they don't have the money. They might be saying that that's the excuse. They might be saying that I'm not going to give you the money because X, Y, Z. But in reality, what they really care about, and if you think about this hierarchy within the pyramid, is um, that they want to make a good impression with the people that he reports to or the people that report to him. And what happens if people see that you got that raise and they didn't, they're all gonna come out and ask. Yeah. So you need to understand what's really driving that particular behavior. Like, where are those insecurities and how can you, if, if we so crassly say this, butter him up and make him feel reassured and meet those needs? Does he need validation? Does he need Someone to, to say, like, you're doing a good job. I like your leadership style. Like, sometimes that's the pat on the back is literally all they need. And like, I'm just, this is just like ringing. Olivia, this is, this is so on point. I just had a coaching call on this this morning. Not, not one of my clients, but my coach giving me this. And it's like, at the end of the day, people want, because here, here's the truth. I, when you break it down into the quadrants of personality, I am a controller. Like that's my personality. And so I get to style flex into the other personalities, like the promoter who's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Da, da, da. Like they're kind of a little bit more unorganized. And then there's a supporter who is the kind of the woman you're describing um, most women are as really just like nurturing, loving, room for everyone, um, but has a hard time saying, hey, this is what I need, this is what I want, and this is what I deserve. And then there's the analyzer who really keeps track of all the data and backs everything up by more data. So what the, it's like when we're coming into these situations and you're saying prepare for the worst, it's like, what if you, here's my, so here's my question for you, like, what if you really could match that person because that's the person you are too? Because I'm thinking like for me, I wouldn't have to prepare for the worst because that's who I am. Like I have no problem walking into a room with a man being like, Hey, like here's the deal. Mm -hmm. So if we could just like kind of paint this picture from all different types of personality um, points of from the four quadrants. And it's like, you're saying like butter them up, but like at the end of the day, everybody just wants love and acceptance. It doesn't matter where you land on that quadrant. So I love what you said. It's like, see where he's at or she's at and, and meet them there and love them in that moment. And, and that's exactly it. And it really doesn't influencing behavior doesn't necessarily have to tie in to personalities. Because ultimately, I mean, we all have our different approaches and different personalities that we use to back up what we do. But when it comes down to influencing behavior, which is at its core what we do, mm -hmm. 
it, it, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You have to understand mm. them first, put them and their needs first. And they will literally do anything. If you do it right, they're going to do anything for you. And it's, it's basically, it's so simple. It's the only way you can get somebody else to do what you want them to do is to make them want to do it too. It's so what does a conversation like that look like? Um, like give, give us an example. In terms of a negotiation. Like, okay, so you're sitting down, you're mapping this out, and you want to bring somebody to follow your, your lead, your movement. How does that start? Like, let's do some role play here. So you walk into the room, and you've got the worst case scenario. You've got the angry, resentful, kind mm -hmm. of like, rah, rah, rah guy. You know? so, I, so I want, am, are we talking like a salary negotiation or yeah. trying get them into like yeah. my movement or yeah I feel like I want and more money I deserve more money the guy sitting next to me is making more money and he's doing less mm -hmm. and what do we do all right first things first call Olivia first things first call Olivia <laughs> call us and we'll walk you through this so first things first if you're let's say because this was actually a real case scenario woman earning $250,000 a year which is not bad it's actually a lot of people's dream salary. Yeah. She realized that her colleagues were earning $500,000 a year. And she found out she was in LA. So she worked in Australia and she flew to LA for this like gala event that the this, this was in the finance industry was having. And it was like a big event, big party. She overheard these two colleagues of hers talking about their base salary and realize that they're making $500,000 base. And she's like, whoa, what the heck? Mm -hmm. I'm making 250000 and I work two jobs. Relative okay, so let's start there. How should she conduct, when you find out, find this information out that can be shocking, it can be hurtful, it can be, make you angry, it can make you like want to, like all these emotions can arise, I can imagine. So let's stop you there and go, how should she have or how did she deal with that finding that information out professionally so she did the wrong thing was she went straight to her boss and said give me a raise mm. and her boss said like be thankful there's kids in africa like when you pull the kids mm. in africa card mm. that's low so she just got on the next plane back to australia and and just called it a day and was fuming for a couple months and then she called me so what should she have done right then and there? Keep her mouth shut. Use all of that information. Use all of that anger to craft your strategy. Mm -hmm. You're compiling information so that when you go into that conversation, you have an informational advantage. Yeah. So what I would say first, of, first, like all that anger, all those emotions that you just want to lash out at your boss and say, like, give me the money, compile them in. Use that energy. Don't waste it losing sleep. Mm -hmm. Use it to craft your perfect negotiation strategy. Yeah. So what she went and did, barked at her boss, blamed her boss. How does that meet his needs? No way. No way. So he literally kicked her out of the office. Um, and a couple months later, she connected with me. She's like, this is my situation. I'm really disengaged, which this is what happens to most women in the workforce. Mm. We disengage because we think that 
you know, that it's just, it's me, it's not them. And I'm just going to go back into my corner and, you know, oftentimes, and this happened to me at one point too, you just decide, I'm just going to leave the workforce if I can afford to do that and go raise my family. Right. But here's the thing with that. Like, I love that and everything, but this, this series is very much about, you know, mm -hmm. supporting women in their leadership. I had no idea that's what the series was going to be about, but it just is. And like, that's not okay. It's not okay to retract. It's not okay to like make this a story. It's not okay to victimize yourself over a situation like this. Like we get to stand in our power. We get to be confident in what we deserve and we get to ask effectively. So. Exactly. So we, and oftentimes, even though you've reacted like emotionally and disengaged, you can come back. Like we can bring you back into the situation where you can actually kind of retrace your steps and which is what we did in her situation. And the first thing that we did when she came to me was look at her job description, look at her pay, look at all of these things. And one of the things that was like completely evident right off the start was that her job description was indeed very different from that of those peers that she was talking. Because not only was she um, an investment banker, but she was also creating the vehicles for investment bankers. Wow. And her boss, the one that was based out in LA, didn't know this. He didn't realize that she was also crafting the, the, like the actual vehicles in Australia. But at the same time, this guy was a total jerk. And I'm sorry for Kara's dad. I hope that's, that word's okay. No, jerk's okay. Jerk's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's a, he was a total jerk. He'd already fired like 10 people off their team just because he could. Because he was a good investment banker. So this is why he got into a leadership position, even though he shouldn't never have been in a leadership position. So this woman, let's just call her Laura, uh, went to the HR department and, and basically we crafted the strategy, right? We figured out, okay, these guys are making that. So this is what she should be earning for this. And really what she should be earning because she not only is doing this role that these investment bankers are doing, but she's also doing the quantitative role. She should be earning $500,000 more than what she's earning. So she should be hovering 750, not 500 like these guys are. But how do you bring this to the attention of a shark like this guy was? Because all he, like knowing his pattern for reactions, he would have just felt vilified. He would have just felt that this was an attack against him. So what we worked with was we got a really good grasp, or I got a really good grasp of his personality. So then with Laura, what we did was craft a conversation around, hey, Joe, I know that we had a, a conversation a few months ago about my salary, and it perhaps didn't really go the way that I was expecting it to go. Okay, so I'll just take note right there. Mm -hmm. Olivia has asked Laura to be responsible for mm -hmm. how the previous conversation went. Oh, yeah. Because... Okay. And I'm just, I'm just highlighting that because that's been a, that's been a theme in the conversation is like being responsible for the outcomes that we generate. Right. 
and even bring it up say I wasn't as prepared perhaps as I should have been uh -huh. um, that said I would love to have another shot at this conversation with you can we discuss it and he's like well I don't really have anything to discuss you're earning what you deserve and blah 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 and you know next time you bring this up I'm I'm thinking you're gonna have to start finding a new job wow. well, but thankfully we prepared her see everybody has in a negotiation you have the right for a no and in fact I always tell women prepare for a no be ready for someone to make their stance because that no really anchors them into feeling that they have something to say in the conversation. So what's the difference between preparing for a no and manifesting a no? I would say prepare for a no because it's different than manifesting a no in that you know your ultimate, you're not compromising on your ultimate outcome, but prepare for them to not be ready to say yes. So maybe unattached from the outcome no I would say be attached to the outcome because we're not done with the conversation yet I'd say it's manifesting a no implies manifesting that the final result is a no in this case what we're saying is like there might be roadblocks on the way to yes does that make sense yeah I yeah so you're like you're like prepare for the objections prepare for it right if you're not ready most women just recoil go back and never negotiate again so right. this wow okay we want to say most women here because that is we are not describing my personality and i don't think we're describing olivia's personality but if you are that woman watching this right now hear her hear her so hard right now it is possible for you to get through that to the other side right if you're prepared for it there's nothing so see the thing is a no right now does not have to mean a no forever mm -hmm. So in this case, I think we named him Joe, right? Yeah. So Joe's barking at her like, you have no right to be asking for more. You're earning plenty of money is legitimate and it's valid. And they're entitled to it. So give them that freedom. Because yeah. once they've done that, they've basically set, like, set the stage. And that's when you can go in and lower the barrier. That's just, when you go in and say, I completely understand that. I completely validate your feeling. You were absolutely right. I overstepped, but like I didn't know what I was talking about. And then, like magic, and this is literally like magic, you go on to saying, but I have something. And I would strongly encourage you to not say, but. But perhaps use the word, and have something that I really wanted to think through with you. And that is that we realized working with HR that my role is kind of twofold. And then they went into explaining all of that stuff. And I would like your help to figure this out. So she partnered with him. Instead of accusing him and alienating him, she accepted his, his negativity, allowed him that position, and then pivoted into asking for help in this kind, nurturing way that only women know how to do and execute incredibly well. She got half a million dollar raise and she understands him. Like let him be solidified in his stance. You're going to shift his position coming a second, but let him, let him 
In Chile, I have to find a good way of saying it in English, but in Spanish, there's a saying called el derecho pataleo es sagrado. Wow, good for her. So what ways of being would you say did she embody? Like, I know for me mm -hmm. that every day I am a confident, powerful, loving woman. And those are my ways of being. Those are my ways of showing up in the world. Those are the stands that I take. Those are the, you know, emo when, I, when I get emotional about something else, I re-come back to those ways of being. Like if I'm angry or if I'm annoyed, I get to come back to I am loving. So because we don't get to be driven by our emotions. We get to be driven by our commitment. Mm -hmm. Right now, that doesn't mean that emotions don't exist because they do. We just always get to come back to a different way of being. So what ways of being would you say that she embodied going in? Because obviously she's scared. She's nervous. She's like, there's emotions, right? But, but she gets to move past those emotions and be the change that she wants to see in her boss. So, right. so what would that be? She, I think at the same, I think a lot of those traits that you're mentioning, those core that that core ethos that you're talking about that you embody yourself is at its core it's really if you're coming to the world from a place of love mm. and service mm -hmm. if you position yourself and it's not about you it's mm. just about emanating love in whatever way and shape or form <laughs> i'm starting to laugh in these interviews olivia because I, it's, this series is so aligned. Like really? every single person who comes on this show says the same thing that another person is saying, that another person is saying, like everybody's super aligned. So how many times, lady watching this, have you heard it's not about you on this show? If you have not by now gathered that nothing about what you're doing, whether you're entrepreneurial or you're a corporate woman is about you, like, just, just take a moment right now to zone in on this moment and write that down. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, you can make it about you, but you're not going to get what you want if you're making it about you. That's right. So, And why? Why? Why not? Because you're looking inwards. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know what, what your beliefs are, but I've absolutely found that whenever I put myself in a position of service to others, Mm -hmm. whatever I want literally manifests its way like mm -hmm. from what I ever thought it could possibly be. Yeah. Like even you coming on the show, I was like, Olivia, we can make this happen. And you're like, I know we can. And she's like searching in her calendar for like any, any little sliver of time that she can make this interview happen with me. So, and because that's because she's in service all the time. She's like, no, I want to be of service to your audience. I want to be of service to your community, my community, the other experts community, and of course to me in producing the show. And so I really want to thank you for being on the show. And also Olivia has a free mastermind. Now this just goes, this is a testament to your service. I mean, most people have paid masterminds. I mean, to come into my mastermind is $579 a month. Olivia has a free mastermind. We're going to put the link for it down here. I, like, I don't care who you are. Join. I'm joining. I'm going to be in it. I'll be yeah. there. Yeah. Be there. If you go to our website, there's also a career 
coaching toolkit that you can download for free. Yes, and that was what I was going to say. The tools that she's talking about, she touched on one or like maybe maybe three. I don't know what's exactly in the kit, but we'll put the link down here as well for you to download the toolkit so that you can really connect with who you are in this space. And, and, if, and if you're going to leave us with anything, what would it be going into our day? Understand that it's not about you. Mm. When I get what you want, it's not about you. Great. How can they get a hold of you? Ask at salarycoaching.com. They can reach anyone on our team. Uh, and if there's a message for me, they'll pass it on to me. Beautiful. Ask at salarycoaching.com. Ask at salarycoaching.com. Okay, we'll put that down here as well. Olivia, you are a little sweetie pie. I thank you so much. Thank and you, Sarah. You have just rounded out this series in a really beautiful way. So thank you for your expertise. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to The Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.